This show is not for the faint of heart. If you're craving personal growth that goes beyond the surface level, then you're in the right place. Get ready to unlock your mind, unleash your authenticity, ignite your purpose and passion, and fortify your emotional resilience. Say goodbye to drama and distraction and hello to new potential. As a former lawyer and business leader turned certified high performance coach, I know what it takes to excel in life. I'm here to push you beyond your comfort zone, challenge your beliefs, and spark a transformation that will revolutionize the way you work, have relationships, and your well-being. You've already taken the first step by being here, so buckle up because we're about to go on this life-changing journey together. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hello, my friend. I'm so excited you're here because you will learn how to unlock more mental energy. And of course, when you do that, you get more mental clarity, like a nice side dish extra on the house. And you'll get this by learning to leverage your mind. Most people don't even know that they can control their thoughts, but that's why their thoughts are controlling them. They're living on autopilot, reacting to life, being triggered by stuff. They're making critical decisions based on their previous experiences, not on who they want to be, not on a projection of the better future, the better experience they want to have. Because if they suffered, (laughs) they want other people to suffer too. If I had to do it, then you got to do it. But that's why not everyone is a high performer. They're stuck in these mini races with themselves. That's why not everyone is living at their highest potential. That's why people don't feel great in their lives. Because when you live without self-awareness and what you're doing, repeating the past, how can you grow? You're stuck on that same playlist in life. You're destined to repeat the past with some good things, yes, but overall, life is harder. Life is tough. I mean, what would that song be for you? (laughs) If your past was a playlist What would that major song be? Without self-awareness, you're not at the level of high performance that you want in your career, your relationship, your health. You're not living the life you want. Now, most people aren't aware that the way they're thinking was programmed by past experiences that pretty much set a baseline, a base program for how they're going to think. And that happened by around the age of 10. Now, some scientists say, oh, it's earlier. Some say, oh, it's later. But you can say it's about 10, 10 years of age. After that, we collect significant moments and we add those significant moments to that baseline thinking, which, for better or for worse, determines your expectations of what life is all about. So it'll determine what your relationships will be like. It'll determine what you think you're worthy of having or capable of achieving. It'll determine how you treat other people. And we don't just stop there either. We're collecting all these experiences and calling it me. You call it your identity, who you are. You decide that those experiences make you who you are. So 
What if your early life was pretty grand? You believed that your experience was incredibly secure. You had loving family, they supported you, you had friends and teachers that really cheer led you. Then is that just lucky you? Life is programmed to be pretty good? What if you didn't experience that? What if you experienced that you had to really work hard for love, that you had to earn love and affection and that you didn't deserve it until you earned it, until you were perfect? What if the other kids in class bullied you or tormented you? What if your teacher was having a really bad day? We love teachers. But, if but what if your teacher was having a really bad day and that affected you in some way? What if you didn't have great examples of parents? What if you were left to fend for yourself? Does that mean you are stuffed up for the rest of your life? Well, it depends. I believe that we have an innate knowing of what is right. That when we strip all experience back to nothing, we know what's right and wrong. We're born with that inner compass. I also believe that we've been given the ability to choose what we focus our thoughts on. I believe that we have the freedom to choose our thoughts, that our circumstances don't make us who we are, but they reveal who we are because circumstances, the good ones and the bad ones, give you the opportunity to choose how you want to respond or choose how you initiate a move. We have countless examples of high-performing people in the world who we've heard didn't have the fairy tale upbringing, but they chose to take accountability for their thoughts and responsibility for improving their lives so that they could have a better future. We also have examples of people who did have the fairy tale upbringing and they are in fact leading those fairy tale lives, choosing to continue to empower people in their family, in their organization at work. And of course, in their friendship groups with the same supportive, positive beliefs. And we have countless examples of people who also had the fairy tale upbringing, but are living limited, anxious lives. They're blaming their upbringing or anything that was missing in that fairy tale upbringing. Oh, it could have been perfect, if only. And blaming their mental illness, their trauma, and their limitations in life on what they thought was missing. So from what I see in the world, your quality of life and the ability to reach your highest potential really boils down to how you choose to process your thoughts, regardless of what you believe happened to you early in life, regardless of what you believe those significant moments meant. That whether you take that victim or blame mentality or whether you take the accountability and responsibility mentality, it's your choice and it's a choice that you make moment to moment, second to second in your life when you're at work, when you're at home, when you're at the gym, when you're in transit, in all of these moments. And this determines your level of mental energy. We have four sources of energy, mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual. Check out the previous episode number nine if you missed it. And they all influence each other. But we start with mental energy because what you think will influence how you feel emotionally, which of course has ramifications for what you do physically, 
or don't do physically, and of course, how aligned you are with your best self, with your purpose, with your spirit. The idea behind learning about all four sources of energy is that you can learn to activate each so that you can live with more vitality, live with more energy, have more passion, more purpose, more alignment with your best self. And my intention is that you get into a repetitive cycle of unlocking your potential over and over again. I want you to get into a habit of being an unlimited person. Something I find fascinating is psychosomatic illness. Did you know that what you think, depending on what it is and how often you think about it, causes or can cause pain and disease in your body? Yeah, those unexplained pains, not triggered by an injury, but just an unexplained discomfort. Yes, I'm talking about when you become more accident prone. Yes, I'm talking about triggering big stuff like hereditary illness, even cancer. You already know something about this stuff if you understand the placebo effect or if you've heard of it. That is when people believe that they are taking medicine for their pain and they actually get better, but they've only been swallowing a blank pill. They were part of a placebo test. So they had these little sugar pills that did nothing. It's the mentality of being better. It was the positive mentality of healing that made them get better. So check out more on that psychosomatic stuff for yourself if you're interested. Now, mental energy and how you leverage your mind is an important high-performance discussion because what we think, of course, becomes how we feel and how we feel and think becomes what we say. What we say becomes what we do. What we do becomes habitual. The stuff we think, feel, do every single day, which of course creates your life today. It creates your results today and it creates your personality. Take a look at your life right now and where you are in life. Have you been carved out by chance? So has your results and your personality been developed as a reaction to the stuff and the people that happened to you? Or has it been carved out by an intention to be better? An intention to live in alignment with what you know intrinsically is your higher, better self. Let's keep going. Take a look at your relationship. What is your significant relationship like? Does the fact that you are in one or are not in one reflect how you've been thinking? Does the quality of that relationship reflect how you've been thinking about the other person? If you think about stuff you don't like that they do, you will notice it more. (laughs) I've met so many single people of varying ages who are looking to be in a relationship, but they are convinced that men just want younger women and women just want younger men or they just want to be with a wealthy partner or this online dating stuff is so awful or people are so insincere these days or you know everyone good is is already taken. <laughs> it's so self-defeating and negative. I think, God, no wonder you're single. Nope, that's a bit mean, but I do think that. And I also think, well, How is that way of thinking working out for you? When I tell them that I personally know nice, intelligent, fit, single people 
who are genuine and looking for an equal, which I do, they don't believe me and they actually get very offended. They start to defend their belief and their position as being unlucky in love. Again, because for years, these people have been using their minds to think fearful, scarcity thoughts. What if I never meet the person? So they're blaming stuff based on past experiences and they're basing their expectations of the future on the past or on horror stories of their friends. What are they doing? Well, they're just creating more of the same. They're looking for it. They're reinforcing then why it needs to be part of their identity too. So when they talk about having a future relationship, they talk about what's missing in the world. They're not talking about what they want. Practically speaking, when they then meet an equal, like good potential for a partner, someone that would be pretty perfect for them, they're already looking at them through the lens of people are insecure these days or they just want one thing, don't they? We become neurotic when we get stuck using the same thoughts. And in my humble opinion, neurotic isn't erotic. (laughs) I hope you know what I mean. I mean, neurotic isn't attractive. You have to want to date yourself. You have to want to be in a relationship with yourself. Otherwise, which free person would? Okay, let's keep going. How about another area of life, another contentious one? Money, money, money. What are your finances like? Your current financial status is also a result of your past thinking. So I've been doing some work on this area for myself very recently because I realized that how I'm thinking today, which is, of course, based on my past experiences with money, doesn't match up to what I want today, let alone where I want to take my career, my business, and my life. In other words, my current thinking doesn't match up. There's no game of snap here. There is no match with my next level or my higher self. So I sat down with another coach and worked through what was blocking me from creating consistent progress financially. And I found the outdated thinking. I was like, aha, there it is. I grew up in a very loving middle-class family that never went without the basics in life. We were always fed, clothed, and went to not all, but most of the school excursions. (laughs) But I had seen my parents working long hours, six to seven days a week. And when I looked at how I had taken on the idea of making money, I noticed that I associated money with productivity, which meant being really busy hour to hour, not taking any breaks, just forging through. So this way of thinking about money was then solidified by a significant experience which happened later in life while I was at university. So I had that pre-programmed thinking before the age of 10 that you have to work really hard for money that it always runs out and you've got to take every opportunity. And then I had a significant experience after that reinforced those ideas, those beliefs, that thinking about earning money. So for that significant moment, I was studying law and international business full-time, which at my university was condensed 
into a five-year program instead of a six-year program, which is how every other uni in the world did it. So it was already busy, but I needed to buy books. I needed to keep my old school 1989 BMW running because it was always breaking down. I had to pay rent. I had to afford life basically. And the only way I knew to get money was to work for it by trading time for money. So I got a few casual and part-time jobs. Yes, it worked, but it meant I had to rush between not just three, but four or five jobs at once and sometimes miss class and family events. I was working in clothes stores, shoes stores, health stores, health consultancy stores. I did it all. Bars. Did I add that in? I also worked in bars at nighttime because I thought, oh, I've got hours in the night. That was not a good idea. Anyway, so I hadn't done work on this area of money since I was at university. So for the last 17 years, I've been working and I've been living, thinking and believing that I'm not productive unless I'm working really long hours and making sacrifices. Does that sound familiar? (laughs) One thing leads to another as well, doesn't it? So this created an expectation that in order to make money and be productive, I had to work, work, work. And I had this really, really linear understanding of time for money. And that was that one track kind of mindset. Every rung you hit, that is when you have a paycheck. So this became automatic. I even kept my Sunday shift at a Ralph Lauren clothing store, even when I was working full time as a qualified lawyer. So yes, I do have a strong work ethic and excellent time management skills to show for this, but I also have burnout to show for it. I also have keeping myself stuck in the same patterns financially to show for it. Now, very few people create financial freedom, which is what I want today and in future by trading time, which is a limited resource for money, because we can only increase the price of our hourly rate or yearly salary to a certain point, or we can only qualify for a certain number of bonuses and they all have a ceiling. So they all, so all of this also requires personal time, you know, sweat of the brow, your brow. So while that way of thinking was really good for me back then and got me through five years of university and then through my first few corporate jobs, it's no good for me now. I have a different life. I'm a different person. I've got different desires and I want my future to be different. And interestingly, when I looked a little deeper and when I scraped the bottom of the barrel there, I found something else. I discovered that I had a fear of being lazy. My parents were very hardworking, never stopping until they collapsed. So the fear of being lazy was fueling overworking, was fueling this idea this idea of productivity which then kept me on a hamster wheel of producing, producing, producing the same results, which I didn't want. Now I'm clear on my mission and my desires in life, and they include being an empowered entrepreneur, free to work from whenever and wherever. There is no chance of me not working. So (laughs) that's a good desire to have. Not really be that self-employed, burned out person just holding things together and desperately wanting a break, which is how I've been being. My point is your life right now 
is a result of your past thinking. So if you want a different life, a better life, then it makes sense that you have to think differently. You have to think better. So you've got to get clarity on that and I'm here for you. I've got episodes one through to eight, which will help you get clarity and implement it. So what if you've amassed the treasures and pleasures of this material world? Then you're here because maybe you feel that something is missing in your life. Maybe you're happy, but you feel a little little bit unhappy, maybe a little bit bored, dissatisfied. Maybe it's more, maybe it's a little bit of anger. Maybe you feel used. Maybe you feel really tired or alone. Maybe you're offended and reactive. If this is the case, it's time to check in. It's time to check in on your thinking patterns and whether they need some updating. It's all it is. I mean, what's the point of having everything in life if you can't be yourself and can't enjoy what you've got? As the saying goes, as you think, so shall you be. Not as you be, so shall you think. So don't fool yourself. Don't be a fool thinking that amassing the riches will make you happy. Money can buy some happiness, but not true happiness. I know too many unhappy, wealthy people. Start with your thoughts because it's the quality of your thoughts that determines the quality of your life. And when you become successful personally on the inside, when you become a successful person, you become successful on the outside. You attract that success into your life. So negative thoughts will decrease your mental energy and positive thoughts will increase your mental energy and fuel decisions to take action based on those thoughts. Negative thinking will fuel inaction or self-sabotage. A brilliant way of visualizing your ability to control your thoughts and increase that mental energy is with a metaphor, which I learned from Dr. Wayne W. Dyer, internationally acclaimed psychoanalyst, best-selling author, healer, and hero of mine. Here we go. Imagine you're watching an old Western movie. A Western. You see a carriage being pulled by horses, but the carriage isn't traveling gracefully. It's out of control. It's swerving left, it's swerving right. There's huge dust clouds behind it. The horses are pulling this cart and they're running like wild. They're racing. They're charging in every direction because the driver, ooh, I can see, they've been injured. (laughs) It's chaos. Through the window of the carriage, you see a little lady sitting inside. She's pleading with the driver, calling out to them to take control. Now, the carriage is your body. Your body is being pulled around by the horses. The horses are your five senses. Sight, smell, sound, touch, taste. So your senses are pulling your body around, directing your, where you're pointing and dragging you around. The driver is your mind, injured unsure how they'll manage this difficulty they're facing. The reins are your emotions, connecting your senses to your body. The little lady inside the carriage is your soul. She is your higher self. She is your best self. Your lady is pleading with the driver to get the five horses under control. Your horses, i.e. your senses, 
They love a sweet treat. They see a bakery and they decide to bring your body over and order five cream puffs and two cans of Coke, one for now and one for later. Or your senses move you to ordering another glass of alcohol to take the edge off the day. Your senses are telling you that this person is not doing the task how you told them to and therefore are disrespecting you and require some passive aggressive behavior. Or worse, be humiliated at the next meeting. Your senses are telling you that you need to run the project exactly like you did two years or 20 years ago because it worked then. The idea here is to get your senses under control by healing your mind, healing your driver, getting your driver fit and healthy, thinking, empowering, positive thoughts instead of weak, fear-based, reactive thoughts. To get your driver to take breaks and listen to the little lady inside the carriage, your soul, and course correct so that you're driving your life in alignment with the best of who you are and what you came here to do. You are never stuck. Your thoughts might be stuck in a pattern or they're outdated or injured, letting your senses and reactions run wild, but you have the freedom to choose your thoughts. They might seem uncontrollable in a steady stream, and that's a good thing. We don't want to stop thinking. (laughs) But you can choose which fish you catch in that stream. You also have another gift that you've been given, and it goes hand in hand with choosing your own thoughts and creating a different outcome, and that is neuroplasticity, which means your brain is able to continually reorganize itself by forming new neural connections throughout your life. This puts your mind in control, not your senses. So the more often you pick fish out of that thought stream that match up with your higher self, you're going to create maps, new neural pathways mapped in your mind that reflect that thinking. Suddenly, you're going less and less to the old fish going less and less to the old thoughts used to have, the scarcity thinking, the, oh, this is never going to work for me thinking. You're impacted less and less by the horses who've been running the show, running you on autopilot, using your old baseline programming and those significant moments to just run your way through life as you always have. By gaining this level of self-awareness, by gaining this Ability to control your horses, pull in the reins, manage your emotions using your mind by healing your driver, you will take yourself to new places. You will leave that old familiar road, that old familiar pathway you've always been on and see new potential, unlock a new destiny. This is possible for you and many people before you have done it. I've done it. Dr. Wayne Dyer has done it. Not that I'm as good as him. (laughs) You know what I mean? Tony Robbins did it. Brendan Bouchard did it. So many inspirational people that you have read of. Think of the autobiographies you've read. All the people that inspire you. I bet they had to get over something in their past, in their mind, an old way of thinking in order to create something new. And so can you. So, Here are some ways that I have used the power of my mind to take control of my senses and create upgrades in my life, unlock my full potential. First, I've got three for you. 
I use the substitute player technique. So as soon as I notice an underperforming thought or a negative thought or a self-sabotaging thought, I just send a signal to the referee for a substitution. I call off, I wave off the underperforming thought, give it a high five and a rest, and I send on the positive empowering thought. That thought goes running onto the court. The key now, and it comes from my days in basketball, is that you take action. I take action based on that new positive thought. I play ball. I do it immediately based on that new thought. And this is how I started this podcast. I had a few underperforming thoughts. It was, you know, this is a stupid idea. People will think I'm stupid. People won't like it. That wasn't serving me. So I called substitutions for those thoughts and swapped them for the opposite thoughts, the empowering thoughts, the maybe this could work. I've actually got some good stuff to say. I'm coaching a lot of people, getting a lot of referrals. Something's working, really entertaining that positive thought. And then I took action by writing the first episode. I took another action by buying the equipment. Another action was recording. Another action was editing. Another action was publishing. And there we had episode one done and dusted. So if you like the idea of using the subplayer technique, check out episode six. My second technique for taking control of my senses by leveraging my mind is to use curiosity. And I use this if I notice that the player I'd subbed off, so that negative underperforming thought, keeps running back on. Always really pestering me on the bench, saying, I want to come back on, I'm better, I work, all that kind of stuff. (laughs) So I use curiosity. When I hear that negative thought kind of screaming from the sidelines that they want to run back on or trying to sabotage the play, I get curious by pausing and asking a question. I ask a question because questions are the steering wheel of the mind. Ask yourself a question and that's where your mind will go. So I'll ask a question. I'll get curious about that negative thought. Am I lazy if I'm not working long hours? Wow, that's interesting. This is where I get curious. Wow, that's interesting. I wonder where that's coming from. (laughs) I take a very curious, unattached, no emotion approach to that repetitive thought and then I'll just substitute it again for a positive thought. This leads me to my third practice of taking control of my senses and unlocking more mental energy using mantras. So after a substitution or using curiosity, and I notice that I've got this repeat negative thought in my mind, I repeat with my conscious mind, say, with my voice out loud or in my head, the positive thought in the form of a mantra. For example, I'll say, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. I can't pour from an empty cup. Rest and relaxation is required to have big impact in the world. And I'll keep saying it again. I'm right where I'm supposed to be. I can't pour from an empty cup. Rest and relaxation is required to have big impact in this world. And I'll keep saying it because focusing on that fish in the thought stream then becomes my go-to. I there are the thing is we've got lots of thoughts, 
floating in our mind like fish flowing in that stream. They're always going to be there, especially if we've had a significant moment or a really core memory about something. I don't deny that they're there. I'm not some psycho. (laughs) But I do focus on picking up and fishing for the empowering thought based on a projection of where I want to be, not where I've always been. And that is because I have the power to choose my thoughts. Now, to support myself doing this, I also meditate. I include those positive affirmations and mantras in my meditation. And I learned powerful techniques for doing this from Dr. Joe Dispenza. So check out his meditations and really cool YouTube videos for how to do it. But meditating and visualizing the change I desire every morning I do as part of my morning routine, I'll stretch with some yoga to get my to activate my body and then I'll do my meditation and my mantras. Doing this has made a significant change in my life. And whenever I really focused on doing it at least once a day more when I've made big change, I was able to, for example, leave a significant relationship, a relationship that wasn't right for who I was or who who I was becoming. They were a really nice person, just not right for who I was or my my projection of my future self. I was able to use this technique to win clients in my side hustle, my side hustle coaching job back then so that I could quit my corporate job and build the business of my dreams. I use these techniques to recover my health after getting so burnt out and developing an autoimmune disease. I use these techniques to meet the love of my life and be in a fantastic, empowering relationship and much more. I mean, we'd be here forever. And I managed to do this in a matter of months, not years. For more information on taking control of your mind, living in alignment with your higher self, for more info on neuroplasticity, psychosomatic illness, etc., I'll drop some links into the show notes. Basically, you want anything by Dr. Wayne W. Dyer, anything by Dr. Joe Dispenza, particularly though breaking the habit of being yourself. You want that one. And you also want becoming supernatural. You also want to watch Dr. Daniel Amen's videos or read his books. He's a psychiatrist and neuroplasticity specialist. If you like the meditation stuff, yes, definitely Dr. Joe Dispenza and check out the Heart Math Institute as well. If you like the mind-body medicine stuff, Google mind-body medicine and also epigenetics. Very, very interesting. Finally, I want you to consider any area of your life where you feel you've hit a plateau. Maybe you're stuck in a pattern or you feel blocked from progressing. Or maybe you really want to experience an improvement or some kind of change or a miracle. You want to experience a miracle in that area of your life. Now think, what does that change look like? What does that miracle look like? Visualize it. Visualize being in it. Imagine you are at the cinema and you're watching a trailer of your dream 
coming true. You're there. You can smell the popcorn. You're sitting in that comfy seat. It's dark. You're watching a trailer of yourself and the miracle is happening. I want you to really see it in your mind's eye. How do you feel? What are you doing? What are your relationships like in this trailer? How are you speaking to people? What is your posture like? What does your face look like? What has appeared in your life that you've really wanted? What has disappeared from your life that was causing you worry? My friend, that vision is possible for you. The keys are to take control of your mental energy by using your mind to choose positive, empowering thoughts that are in alignment with your highest self. And you can do that today. You can start today by gaining more clarity. So again, check out episodes one to nine to get clarity over yourself, over your relationships, over your goals and over your habits. That's a really good place to start. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you'd like to support the High Performance Made Simple podcast, well, you could just decide. You could decide to share it with three awesome people. Maybe they're your mates, maybe they're your colleagues or your partner in life. To catch the latest from me, you can follow me on LinkedIn at Tanya Semrad or Instagram or TikTok at Tanya underscore high performance. And I look forward to tuning in with you again soon. Ciao for now.